guys, welcome to Beer Bubbles. I'm sitting here with Elliot from Baskland. Tell us a bit about the brewery, yourself, and why the hell are you in Stockholm? All right. <laughs> a little bit of everything. Yeah. All right. Well, but for, oh, first, cheers. cheers. Oh. Very good. Well, uh, start with the brewery. Uh, here representing Baskland Brewing. Started in 2015 up in the north of Spain in San Sebastian in the beautiful Basque region. Uh, founded by three American guys who were already living in the uh, area, whether it be for surfing, for food, or for the other pleasures that that area has to offer. Um, you know, just kind of realized there was a, a lack, a void of really quality craft beer in the area at the time. And based on their past experiences and, you know, what their know-how was at the time, uh, to, being that two of them were from California, decided, you know, it's time to bring good quality craft beer to the region. And in 2015, decided to open Baskland Brewing. So now we're seven years into the project, uh, continuing to grow with a lot of uh, projects on the on the way for us to to not only reach capacity at our current place, but then open a new venue, a new production facility, and just to continue making amazing craft beer for not only Spain but the rest of Europe to enjoy. I think it's cool because San Sebastián has been known for, but well, it's been the like Michelin star town or city of of the world, basically, when it comes to uh, per capita. Uh, and all of a sudden, we got a brewing company that tries to match up with the with the beers as well. I'm I'm really happy about that. Yeah, no, exactly. That was really the point because these, the, you know, the founders were there, living there, eating these amazing meals, but just realizing the beer wasn't to the, beer? to the quality that they <laughs> wanted to be. The cider was great, the wine was great. Everything was great except for the beer. So, but who are you, and how did you end up with this? Because you worked with Edge before. Yeah, so I'm one of the newest additions to Baskland Brewing. I started in July of this year. Uh, my my beer background comes from Barcelona more than anything. Well, I'm originally from Miami, as you could tell by the accent. Um, but yeah, no, I uh, I started working in 2000, end of 2017. I was hired by Edge Brewing to be the general manager. So. I ran Edge Brewing throughout, you know, through the rest of its course of history, 2018, 2019, and 2020, up until the brewery decided to sell itself to another buyer, and I was involved in that project as well. Um, but yeah, I was with part of Edge, and I like to say it's glory years. Edge had its history since 2014. I like to think that my years were the best years, as we did win several awards and also. Our Court. You did a special beer only for Akrat as well. We did. We did do, uh, I think at the end of 2017, 2018, one of our former head brewers, Sean McLinn, uh, with the Akrat guys, brewed the Akrat Milk Stout. Which, Jolie. Yeah, which is on tap for quite a while, yeah. I know, but <laughs> it's always tasting great. Yeah. The last time I tried it, so really, really nice. Um, yeah, good, good history there, and then... Eventually, though, I had to make a move from the prior brewery, and thankfully, Baskland opened its arms to me and asked me to come on in and be you feel kind like of their, you're coming home. Yeah, kind of be their international brand ambassador. So, a nice, nice, comfortable. So, lots of travels for you. Exactly, mostly on the road, selling the beer, and then going to to support the uh, the, the customers and whatever market it is. And you're working with to. Brill here in Sweden. Exactly. Yeah. So here we're working with Brill. We've been working already in the past. We're hoping to strengthen that relationship for the coming year, do more events, have more Basque land around. So here, just meeting the team at Brill 
and then doing some events today in Stockholm, tomorrow Gothenburg, and on Saturday in Malmo before heading back to, to Spain. So it's a quick stop to Sweden. Yeah, quick uh, action-packed stop. <laughs> go visit the bars, go visit the customers. Have some beers. Have some beers. You know, enjoy the sights and catch up with some old friends too, which I haven't seen since pre-pandemic days. So, But you've been to Sweden before? Yes, I've come uh, a couple of times for Bruskeville in the past with Edge and also then to do some you know one-off events with Edge Brewing at the time. I think the last time here in Stockholm was around November 2019. Just before COVID. Exactly. Yeah, a few months before that. All of that. Exactly. We're trying to make a point out of not talking about too much about the pandemic yeah. in the podcast because it's so depressing and beer is supposed to be fun. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but well, the beer I'm kept flowing during the pandemic. <laughs> That's the beauty of it. Online stores open. People still yeah, make nice beer. Yeah, so mm. we kept drinking. <laughs> So what do you think of the... Well, you got five beers with you today here. Correct. Uh, I'm, I'm sitting here drinking your Pilsner, which is exceptional, really That's good. Same here. Yeah. <laughs> well, we talked about it earlier. It's like you try all these like cool beers, and then you just want a beer. Yeah. And you end up with a nice lager instead. <laughs> yeah. No, it's definitely a trend that also that's being noticed in the, in the market these days is people are going back to lagers, going back to the... Classic beer styles are coming back overall. It's like exactly, yeah. I see bitters and, and uh, even milds are coming back, which yeah. is kind of cool. Exactly. I think people have gotten a little bit of hopburn, maybe too much hopburn, and they just kind of want an easy drinking beer, maybe to be a little lower on the ABV side, not to be too strong. Although now going into winter and these darker months, uh, I imagine the... <laughs> It's going to pick up. The stronger beers will kind of pick back up. <laughs> but, yeah, it's, it's just something to have more sessionable, as they always say, and to, to be able to drink throughout the, the course of your day and night. You said you were going to start a new facility as well. Yeah. Tell us plan, about that. Yeah, so the plan of Baskland is, uh, you know, we're continuing to grow. Uh, our current facility is almost at capacity. Plans are to get a few more fermenters in there. And at that point, then we'll reach our limit to where we are. And then there's already been some talks and plans to to continue expansion and to look for a second facility near our original one to move some of production out there. And but you're still going to be in Spain, yeah, in no, the region, exactly. Yeah, to stay in Spain, stay in in the Basque region where we are, and just just have to have more room to extend our barrel programs, move loggering over there, and. See what else trends come up and be able to, to account You've got to be on your toes in this business. Exactly, yeah. It's always changing. I mean, it was only, what, two years ago, three years ago that we were drinking brewed IPAs? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I tried your sour now, and I, I got something I didn't expect, because I expected a kettle sour, yeah. and it's not. No, no, we, uh, we've made a recent move also, as many other breweries, using uh, Lollaman's Philly Sour Pitch, so... Really nice. It reduces a whole day of actually of the production process for brewing this kettle sour, and end results are really really nice as well. And I must say that, uh, well, our listeners know that I'm I've got a bit of a problem with kettle sours because I I don't like yogurt. Yeah, and you always get this like it can be super nice and then it ends on a yogurty note anyhow. Yeah, and with this one, I was like. When does it come? When does it come? It didn't. Yeah. It was really nice. Yeah, it's, it's really clean. It's, I mean, it's, again, it's a one-time use type of thing, so you're not really recycling a cultivation or anything like that. So it's really something that could always be a fairly clean sour rather than always having your house, your house strains, like, which you would fi- typically find a lot of times with kettle souring. 
So today you have the pilsner, you have the sour, and you have three hoppy ones. Exactly. Yeah. You have the pipeline, which is the West Coast. The big, of big Gi- league, which is in uh, New England New Hazy England. IPA. And, and then, Shoulders of Giants, which is a double IPA. Which was way too easy to drink. Yeah. yeah Absolutely we, lethal. We wanted to show a little <laughs> variety on the hops side for that. Obviously, hobby beers are what most people are looking for. So wanted to show a little bit of everything. And these were three really unique, different ones to show. The West Coast IPA, which has an experimental New Zealand hop, has a little bit of fruitiness to it as well. So not your traditional, typical, super bitter West Coast. but uh, it, it, I was amazed because... I, I normally, when when it says mosaic on it, I always go like, oh, well, it's going to taste like a New England. Yeah. Like, I, I've been, like, judging beer, and you go like, you end up in the, like, New England or hazy, juicy style, and everything smells and tastes the same. Yeah. And I heard that you had uh, mosaic in your West Coast, and I'm like, is that going to work? And it does, because it doesn't overpower all these, like, Dare I say it? Weedy notes. It's like it's almost cannabisy. Uh, yeah, from from all the New Zealand hops. Yeah, no, exactly. It pairs really, really well. I mean, a lot of the IPAs is really how you blend these hops together. I mean, there might be a hop you don't like. I think clearly it's something we see all the time nowadays with Savro. But uh, <laughs> you know, if you blend it in there nicely, there's no problems with you know any type of IPA that has some Savro in there. It's just using it the right components and right right ratios. But how is the Swedish market for you? Because, well, you're here, yeah. so it must be a part of your plan to expand more into Sweden. Yeah, exactly. I know we've had, we've had a presence here in the past, um, but we, you know, as we continue to grow, we want to develop our relationship here better, get our, our beers more available to the consumers, whether it be at the, par, at the pubs and bars on tap, whether it be through the system blog it, whatever we could do. But we, you know, we definitely want to get our beers seen more in Sweden. We, we know there's a great, great community of beer drinkers here. I definitely know that from my there's, history. There's loads of nerds around. Yeah. <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot of super fans here. It's one of the things that we've always uh, admired here when we come to a festival. It's not just coming to a festival to get drunk. People come prepared. They have their list. They know what they want to try. The critiques are really spot on. If you say that this beer is going to have this flavor, this ingredient, if it's not noticed in there... They will call you on it, it. yeah. yeah. So it's it's something really, really, really cool to to always experience and see here. And I've noticed it since I've been working uh, for the last twenty five years with beer in Sweden that the the level of knowledge when it comes to the customer has gone absolutely through the roof the last 10-15 years, and they really know what they want. Yeah, and but they're not afraid to try new stuff. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's part of it. Everyone wants to try a new beer. See what's out there. See what the flavors are. I mean, they probably have their favorite styles or flavors or hops. But, I mean, it's something in this industry and this hobby really is to try new beers. And that's why we see this uh, explosion of new releases always and untapped check-ins and things like that. People just want to try and experiment. That's one of the beauties of beer compared to, you know, some of the other alcoholic beverages like wine or you know, well, it, tricks, it, it, there's so, there's only so many combinations you could do with wine or flavors, but with beer, all the so many years are going to hit on you now. Come on, man. Yeah, <laughs> but but uh, I think you're right because we have in beer we have at least four ingredients. Yeah, uh, in wine you have one. Yeah, exactly. So you got more to play with. Exactly, and then the adjuncts and everything that you can add as well to it. 
I mean, when somebody wants to offer me a chocolate hazelnut vanilla wine, then we'll try it out. Yeah. But I don't <laughs> see that coming anytime soon. So. <laughs> but I must say also, the, the beer world is less snobby than most of the other alcoholic beverage world, yeah. so to speak. Yeah. It's, 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 it's more nerdy and more like, because nerds want to share their love. Yeah, exactly. And it comes from the bars. It comes from a really social place where you're sitting at a bar, talking to the people around you, always socializing, whereas some of the other places might be more you're there with who you're there with. You're only going to really talk about it there, whereas here you might be at the bar, overhear a conversation, and kind of jump in and say like, oh, well, I've tried that beer or... I mean, look at bottle shares. I don't know how many times I've been at a, a bar. Somebody opens a really nice bottle, and I might be just off on a table to the side. And, and you want to try it. Someone would <laughs> be like, oh, give that guy some beer, you yeah. know? And it's, it's very, very opening and welcoming, and that's one of the beauties of, of this industry. Even from everything from the consumer side, the guy drinking at the bar, to even the brewers and how we work with each other and collaborations and always teaching and sharing ideas and experiences i've also noticed that uh, more and more for for a long time people have had their beer yeah but nowadays it's not that uncommon for people to get in a big bottle of beer share it get another big bottle share that one and like exchange what they think about it and uh, so it's uh, the interest is really up there they, they want to try new stuff all the time yeah exactly and that's I think one of the big debates we always see nowadays in beer is, you know, core beers versus limited release beers and how to navigate those two things because there are two school of thoughts. I was saying it actually earlier when I had uh, my meeting with Brill is, you know, I'm, I'm a older guy in this industry and coming from the States, I come from a more classic sense. So if I like a beer, I get a six pack of the same beer. And so if I see beers that I like on tap, I just kind of drink that That's same what beer you drink. <laughs> and then but then there you have the people who are like no i've had that and what's new what's the new beer no take new ones all exactly the time, yeah. i can't complain against either style and, i mean hey to each his own and, and the thing is what i when i do beer tastings whatever what i say to my my guests is like you cannot be wrong when it comes to flavor your flavor is your you've, you've got the right answer yeah. No one else can tell you what the, your right answer is. Exactly. Uh, and keep that in mind that you don't... It's supposed to be fun. Yeah. It, it's uh, When it gets hard and when it gets, like, boring, stop. Yeah. Just go back to have a beer and have fun instead. Exactly. Uh, and why not come in and share two bottles of beer? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just enjoy it. It's really to be here and be social yeah. and spend time with people. Yeah. I'm not going to keep you too long, but we got to give a bit of a shout out to Brewdog, who's taking care of you. You're going to be at Brewdog pubs all weekend now. Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> so that's we're now on Sotomal. Uh, they're taking really good care of us. And then tonight you're going to be on Kungsholmen as well. Correct. And then tomorrow you're going down to Gothenburg to Brewdog, and then to Brewdog Ma- in Malmo the day exactly, after. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Really, nice, cool, really cool place. Yeah. Nice yeah. central beer bars yeah. in each city. Uh, hopefully, meeting a lot of the. You know, the customers, the fans of the brewery, as well as, you know, other bar owners, restaurant owners who might be able to carry our beer in stock so that people can enjoy Vasklan beers wherever wherever they can uh, find good beer in, in, in Sweden. I'm going to ask you two questions now. Okay. And they're both going to be quite tough. All right. First one, your absolute favorite beer in your portfolio. What Your absolute favorite beer, what do you do? 
Is it like a Basclan? Like a yeah, Basclan bas- beer? beer. So yeah, it's tough. Tough to look at because we release so many limited releases yeah. and everything a month. Um, but actually, I think yeah, I think one of my favorite beers is the one that we're having on right now. You know, I've only been with Basclan for a short few months. I have tried a lot of beers over the years, obviously, but I really do enjoy this Pipeline West Coast IPA a lot. This experimental varietal hop that we got from Freestyle Hops in New Zealand is something really unique and different for me. So I really, really do enjoy this beer a lot. It's been one of my favorites. And then obviously all the other lagers we've also done have been really good. Uh, And the last question, which is the toughest one for anyone who likes beer. I'm terribly sorry to say, Elliot, you're going to die today, but you can have one more beer, any beer in the world. What's going with you in the grave? Let's see. What's my going to the grave beer? So we're not so much talking about the one you can drink for the rest of your life. More, you yeah. can have one shot with this beer. Yeah, what am I, what am I going to take with me? It's a great question. Let me think for a second. <laughs> it's quite a tough one. I know. And there's things from growing up in the States, in Miami, and Florida beers, which I can't really take away from. Quite a few over in Tampa. Yeah, exactly. Tampa. And then I'm from Miami. I have Wakefield, Three oh, Sons, yeah. mm-hmm. Funky Buddha, Tripping Animals, <laughs> all these guys near me as well. So it's kind of tough. But I would, yeah, I guess I would probably have to say, I mean, it's probably a really classic answer for many people. A lot of my, my beer enthusiasm came from a short stint of living, well, not short, four years living in Boston. And it was uh, before the Trillium Treehouse times, I was still there during the, oh, are you going to Vermont? Please stop by Alchemist and pick up uh, some heady toppers. <laughs> so I still think that that would probably be the beer that oh, yeah. if I need to take something with me. Just a good old heady topper would be great. There's a lot of honorable mentions on the list, which would probably be another podcast. <laughs> but yeah, Elliot, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you in the podcast. Uh, great, great. And I'm going to stop uh, this recording by doing what I always do. I turn to the camera and I say, whatever you do, guys, drink better beer. <laughs>